Hey guys, Christmas cracker time again. Jackson, what day today, mate? Day 23. Dungeons & Junkies wouldn't be what it is without Kate and RC. They have been an amazing part of all the campaigns we've done. And here's their turn, taking the stand, as it were, with us asking them questions about D&J and Dyson suffering in 2022. Okay. There's two left. Who wants to go first? Caitlin, you shrugged. You can go first. Yes, I know the host would like me to unmute Zoom. Fuck off. <laughs> I just Rude. get this notification. It's like, the host would like you to unmute. And I'm like, well, the host would like a lot of things. And the host ain't fucking getting it. Uh, for the benefit of the tape, Into the Waste, which was my campaign, has been discontinued because I wasn't happy with where I was taking it. And, you know, I had better ideas. So the players are very much... We're starting the new campaign soon called Bloodbound, which looks a lot of blood magic. I've been running blades for these chaotic individuals in the background and... Now that Into the Waste is done and probably not going to be revisited in any form, people can ask spoilers about where the fuck you were going to end up and any tidbits that were still there. Go nuts. Oh, I'll, I'll go first again. Uh, so two questions to start and then I'll come back around because I always have more questions. First of all, was Charlemagne going to be able to take the powers of the god? That's That's what I need to know. And then subsect to that question is, I won't lie, really what I wanted to do with Charlemagne in the end, if Into the Waste would have kept going, is I wanted to get those powers and then I wanted to turn Charlemagne over to you as just to do whatever. And then I would start a new character because the road I was planning to take Charlemagne down was full on evil, like just corruption to the nth degree after the whole prison thing. Like that stuff was just slowly eating away at him and he was going to be gone. So was he going to get the powers? A is that question there. And then B, where did you really like, where did the campaign go fully off the rails? I guess it's a great question. I asked it to Willis. I'll ask it to you as well. Where did you lose the plot there? In answer to the first question, yes, you would have gotten his powers. However, it would have been, you would have assumed actually absorbed part of his soul into you and over the next over the rest of that arc as you were meeting up with the gang Charlemagne would lose more and more control until he was a passenger in his own body so your concept of handing Charlemagne over to me would have happened as plot because you can't just take on the powers of a warlock patron and just skip along like la 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 I'm a, I'm a fucking demigod now Especially considering you killed a group of about 24 women and children and injured old people. With glee whilst yelling about the fact that you that you were <laughs> you were some you were Cal Reo. Cal Reo, sorry. Just yelling about Cal Reo. It's like, it's me, Cal Reo. And I'm just there like, what the fuck is happening? No regrets. Not one single regret from that. One of the most fun times I've ever had being an absolute sociopath. Yeah. The thing is with Into the Waste, it never really went off. I never lost the plot. That's the thing. I mean, I've lost my will to live several times, but hey-ho. 
the Morag's cudgel episode where I just had a breakdown, essentially, is a very good image of that. But I never really lost the plot because you were following it to a degree. It was just... The plot didn't suit the characters anymore. And that was part... That was partly because the individual journeys the characters had taken meant that this wasn't going to be the path they would follow anymore. Like, why would they go there? And also just the fact that there was... I mean, there were a lot of like moving pieces within To the Waste that crossed over. Like, there was heavy focus on the different religions and the deities for example in the San Solo series San came across a bunch of files mentioning various patrons and Eren hinted at it as well in Charlemagne's bits that a bunch of the deities were now deceased like full on dead and that was going forward but between San's death Charlemagne becoming a fucking demigod maniac. Shambles snapping. Because we did get a few episodes into arc three before I kind of went, yeah, no, this is not going to work. And Dakota trying to find some semblance of sanity when Charlemagne's abandoned her and San is dead. It just wouldn't work and it would go too far into political because you needed to understand the political climate and the whole how that influenced the world in order for it to make any impact on you. And the characters wouldn't care. Not at the point they were in. Plus, I mean, you'd basically triggered Armageddon anyway. <laughs> I okay. can elaborate. I mean, once again, Charlemagne's whole plan was to burn everything down and start again. That was, that was, that was where Charlemagne was going, especially with I the information, yeah, that Aaron gave them that most of the gods were dead. In Charlemagne's mind, that meant that there was places at the table, and or less uh, pieces to be removed. Yeah. Your, your character seems to have a love for burning things to the ground. I've noticed. Some people just want to watch the world burn, folks. Burn the police. <laughs> I mean, I guess just not everyone's brave enough to do it. <laughs> so, who, and I know you've just discussed the whole Charlemagne thing, but who or what would have been the final boss of the campaign? So... The final boss would have been the Mirror Man. That deity, ah. that creature that had people ripping out their teeth to prove their loyalty to. Because he's the one that's been killing the gods as time has gone on. He killed each of them and absorbed their abilities and absorbed their the packs made with their followers. So if a priest... If a cleric or a warlock or whatever had made a pact with a particular god and that god was now dead, their allegiance would be to the Mirror Man, even if they didn't know it. And that insidious power kept going. For example, in the final fight, if, for example, 
Like if San had joined up with the party again and Charlemagne in whatever form had joined up with the party again, you would have also had to fight Shambles. Because the twin-tailed fox was absorbed by the Mirror Man about a hundred years before the campaign started. For the record, I was not aware of it. So how would that have affected Shambles' already t- like precarious mental health at that point? <laughs> oh, oh, I've got a feeling that Kerry may find out sooner or later. Oh no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I say that, but actually, if this is what I think it is, then I'm quite looking forward to yes, it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, absolutely. Yes. One moment completely fine, next moment un- unhinged. Maybe even the same breath sometimes. It was something I hinted at with the twin-tailed fox throughout was that second tale and the reason Shambles seemed to know none of it, despite growing up in a temple about it. And it is essentially a different chapter of the religion was opened back with that first great fire because that's when the original one died. And that was when the Minotaur killed the Azamar in the crater that you two witnessed and the fox didn't get the chance to pass on the spirit to the next generation. You witnessed a god's demise. Uh, Hee-hee. Alex? I think I've got, I've got it for me too, it's fine. Yeah, I'm still thinking. I, I, I've got a question. I'm just thinking on how to word it. Okay. I want to talk about Bane the Dark. Caitlin? <laughs> I want to talk about Bane the Dark, Caitlin. Yep. Okay. First of all, um, the trepidation going into this, because I've seen from when Oxventure played and everything like that, that it was a very different system to D&D. And yet, I'm... I I think I'm probably the most chaotic player in this in this group. Even more than you have your moments. Than, even more than Chad sometimes. Some of the some of the shit I pull. Yes, your most recent blade session proves that. I was, but this is what I was coming to. Um, what's been, and obviously the spoilers warning is in in effect here, of course. So, what's been the standout? mental moment which made you think oh my god the consequences of this are going to be ridiculous so far for you I mean obviously the most recent incident yeah. yes considering you shotgunned a guy in the middle of a busy apartment building didn't capture his spirit who saw you do the murder and now you've got like a blackmailed guy essentially addicted to your drug and he's the relative of a fairly important person. Yeah, that's like a domino effect one. That's a big fucking problem. Yeah, this is true. This is true. It hasn't really been... I mean, Argaz was not meant to be antagonistic to all of you. Then you threw a spirit hook at him. So pissing off the demon was not... He was meant to have, like, a scientific interest in you all. Not to full-on possess Crowley on a train. So 
I think both of the worst two things that have happened occurred in Matt and my sessions. Yes. So basically, because I tried to weaponize the demon... You tried to weaponize the demon, so he turned on you all. I was so... I so wanted to include... Some of those uh, things in the Christmas crackers, but for me, I would be. I've had so many things to downloaded and cut and copied, and I'd have in like this is what happened, and it had been too complicated to uh, to work. Did there were so many great moments in Blake so far. <laughs> I love Blake, and I love how you've been playing him, especially more recently. Like, yes. I enjoyed. The Blake and Riley episode in this arc. More from a roleplay point of view. Like that was very well done from the both of you considering the stakes at the university. And at the atrocities that were happening. So it was kind of... No one's outright horrified me in Blade yet. I mean, I horrify myself regularly as anyone who listens to me can tell. Honeycomb children. <laughs> Mm. But hey, we'll see where it goes. You're at. You're near the midway point of arc two, so. I'm sure that Blake will be the first one to die. I don't know. Blake's just traumatized. The others keep getting injured. Well, Crowley and Riley get injured more. Mariella's just here. <laughs> She's fine. She's going to take Bertrude and retire. <laughs> Red Queen just vibing. <laughs> Red Queen be vibing. I've had to roll to heal and de-stress every single time. I was I the first one to um, overindulge? No. I wasn't. Oof. No, Alex has overindulged as well. That's funny. That's it funny. tends to be the start of things. You guys trying to heal and Mariel is either trying to sort out your shit or finish things. It's like, I got rid of all the heat. And you guys like, here's some more heat. I will say about that heat is that that was all instigated by the GM. All of it. It's my strippers, Matthew. Again, the GM. Hey. Name everything on the GM, Matthew. I, I, I feel like I can, I am. Uh, that and Alex. I mean... Her <laughs> coach is menacingly pulling her mic towards her. Like... <laughs> You got something to say to me, you little shit. Dupay, <laughs> she does a great job. She did, as the leader of the group, Kate the great. The pirate are inter the pyre attacked because of previous decisions you lot have made. So the reason they're interested in you now is because of previous decisions you've made. Otherwise you would have had a different antagonist group. But hey. Maybe you'll all die. Who knows? Not me. <laughs> it's entirely on the whims of the dice. And on whether Alex and Alex and Chad keep rolling at disadvantage. Because they're idiots. <laughs> Who keep asking to roll things in things they have no dots in. I mean, but far less. If mine and Chad's first dice was any story of still rolling at disadvantage, we did pretty well. You did, but... Because you were the only reason you didn't get traumatized is because you overindulged at the start. <laughs> you got through like eight stress in one go. Probably made a friend. Yeah. 
Honestly, I was as amazed as you were. We didn't even use violence. Well, we did later, but that that part of the heist, we didn't use violence at all. Doris did. Okay, I've got one. Not not the one I was originally going to ask because I don't know. I just don't know how to word that one out. But I'll ask you later if I could and think of a way to word it. But for a blades one, what has been the cleanest, most successful problem-free heist, and what has just been downright the absolute worst heist that we've ever done? So. The cleanest heist was Mariella and Riley transporting the circlet across the town to the Dimmer Sister. That had no consequence from it. You completed a job as asked, you didn't piss off the Red Sashes, and you got it to the Dimmer Sisters in good condition and didn't call her a wanker or whatever. Like, you didn't get caught. Yes, you got mildly second-degree burns, but hey-ho. You carried that out flawlessly. Like, the... The one that I just released, Chapter 2, comes close, but there were a couple... There was, like, a key decision point in there that means that a different path will be taken. So that one wasn't completely free of problems because i mean all the heists in arc 2 are there is a downside to whatever decision you make the most chaotic is the most recent one i've recorded which was matt and chad and i knew there was no question i was i if that wasn't going to be the answer i was going to i was just gonna leave i was gonna be like you're lying i know you're lying because i was there i saw i saw it happen yeah, it either would have been the shotgun incident or Blake and Riley at that party. <laughs> Those have been the two most chaotic, but the shotgun wins by a long way. Objection, you're at the postcode lottery? I mean, that wasn't really chaos. That was more astounding that that stupidity worked and continues to exist in my realm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the most alarming thing about it is, is when I have to do it as downtime um, as a project, um, yes, I rolled, I rolled well, just getting started. The fact that Alex then took up the mantle and rolled more effectively <laughs> finished the clock. Yeah, you guys haven't quite figured out the idea of prioritising mission-relevant clocks. Unless your name is Mariella. It is like she is the queen, and we all yes, but she can't do everything for you. She has Bertrude. Sorry, I don't have any extra downtime activities to do anything. Sorry, Carrie. Yeah, I've opened it. There are two slots left in like this ten-piece clock for postcode lottery, and there's two completely empty eight-piece slots for like key things for about this fucking assassination plot. That was because it was like two crits from me and Mel, wasn't it, on the postcode lottery? That was brilliant. It's where Blake is going to die. Blake's going to die because I'm going to fucking strangle him. One thing, I think one thing we can all agree on is that with Blake, we've all learned the consequences are way more severe than D&D. Mostly. (laughs) Kerry's like, like, really? I haven't noticed. Kerry's like, I died. (laughs) 
All right. Well, I guess I'll go again then. Uh, it's my favorite time to ask the two-part question once again. What uh, What's your biggest regret from Into the Waste? Or if you want to do Blades, you can do Blades as well or not. And then what has been your favorite NPC to play throughout the entire time, either Blades or uh, Into the Waste? Uh I mean, biggest regret with Into the Waste is just I didn't get to tell the story I wanted to, but that was... I wasn't happy, and that's kind of the main motivation of why I stopped and why I didn't push myself through it more, was because I wasn't happy with it, and I don't like telling stories I'm not happy with. So, it was kind of a... It was kind of a... Sad honk. I haven't really had like a big regret with Blades yet, mainly because of how fucking chaotic it is that it's kind of hard to regret anything because then you just regret everything. And, you know, NPCs. NPCs. I mean, Into the Waste had quite a few that I was very, I was fond of. Like, I'm fond of Eren. Eren is my cinnamon roll who has lived for too fucking long and just wants everything to end. You know. The one I had the most fun playing around with, especially later on, was Cormac. Because I got to do some really good fucking roleplay with Carrie back and forth and actually explore that relationship, which was like part of the reason why we had San die, as it were, was because I didn't feel like it would, it gave. When I talked with Carrie, it felt a bit cheap to have. Like, this whole antagonism and, you know, a fucking kid be taken from his parents and things. And it just be sorted out with a weird fight in a cathedral. That felt very... It's a very D&D way of doing things, but it didn't feel like a good story. It didn't feel like it did send a service as a father or anything. So, said we got three sessions of Chaos Underground. Featuring the meat salad pile. Yep. I'll live rent-free in my head for the rest of time. And also, yes, Morag. But that's just because I had a fucking breakdown that day. <laughs> started arguing with myself about sharpening an imaginary cudgel in the basement. It's like, why would you sharpen a cudgel? What the fuck? <laughs> Oh, hey, we'll find out. We did it for Matt. Should we do our favorite moments for Into the Waste or Blades? Go nuts. I feel like Into the Waste, I, I still think my favorite moment was once again going way back to the beginning. And it was the first time there was any hint that uh, Varys the Great wasn't actually Varys the Great when I went off by myself to talk to the statue. And though it wasn't a lot, it just... You're all confused looks of, wait, what's happening here? Still always will remain in my mind forever. Because I just ignored him completely. I didn't make any reference to it. Didn't say anything about it. But I remember all of you going, like, you just heard Caitlin go, and Varys' voice changes. And you all stopped, and you were like, you don't hear Varys talking to the uh, statue. But then Varys the Great was still there. So that's the definitely still my favorite one. Hmm. Oh, popcorn hey, it's a mat. Oh, sorry, Alex. I didn't see you talking. I'll go to Alex I, then. I, 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 you, 
I don't mind popcorn in. Oh, for sure. Um, okay. Um, couple stand out for me. One is um, making Caitlin seek death by from, from, by naming the statue. <laughs> uh, that was just a good moment. Um, the look on, well, Caitlin's face when they revealed that Shambles was indirect, well, directly responsible for everyone's death in that camp. Um, um, Shambles in, but Shab, but my best, the best moment. I, I put aside the Barney, the Barney the dinosaur dance, which will live rent free in my head. Um, it has to be uh, shambles in Atlas Chaps. And that was a present from you to me, Caitlin. Thank you so much. Was the fact Kerry drew it as well? Just doodled it in the background. Uh, naturally. You're presenting me with a dragon in Atlas Chaps. How, why am I not going to draw that? And the bra. I gave, a, the bra. I, gave, I gave him a lacy bra and thong so to cover his Whatever dragons actually have, I don't really know. Cloaca? His back rack. <laughs> no, no one wants to see. His what? <laughs> Did you say back rack? Oh, his back crack. <laughs> oh, his back crack. <laughs> so much better. So much better. <laughs> Yes, contrary to literally everyone else's opinion, I did not enjoy playing Tony. <laughs> Tony was great. <laughs> he was wonderful, and I have a feeling he was going to die for sure, but No, you saved him. You were just probably never going to make it home to see him again. More than likely. Y'all yeah. triggered Armageddon. He was triggered in general at that point. At that point, I, think, I don't think Shadow would have made it Shambles was just, just like, like I'm going to beat you, guys. Yeah, I have a feeling you lot would have just sprint, sprinted into the throne room where Alaric was and just died to Vorer immediately. Unquestionably, the dragonborn would have done that, yes. Because he's a big, dumb dragon. But I will never, I will never forget walking around Ejects dressed as him. Yes. I don't think the rest of us will either. <laughs> I won't oh, yes. get being chased around BGX by a fucking fall guy. <laughs> I will protect Caitlin from the fall guys. Trying to mug me. Uh, almost getting kicked out for yeah. threatening a fall guy with a crowbar. We went up to the <laughs> press room, made tea, and sat down. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> I prefer that the edicts help us in. Don't hit him! I wasn't gonna hit him. He's just wielding the crowbar like a fucking sure. You weren't anyway. going to hit him. That's for plebs. You were going to get enforce strong bonks upon him. Absolutely. I hear he didn't po- mean to kill, only maim or seriously injure. <laughs> I am I'm gonna pop corner to Alex. I think my two favourite things about Into the Waste. One wholesome thing was, even though it was doomed from the start, was um, Charlemagne's and Dakota's growing friendship. I think that could have become something really wholesome. And then declaring war with Josh. That was also fun. <laughs> I enjoyed declaring war with Josh. 
just like asking so politely to Charlemagne, should I use fireball on him? And Charlemagne's like, yes. And I was like, okay, throws a fireball at him. Can't have nice things, children. They fireball them. Didn't even give a chance to justify himself. You're the one who named him Josh. Like, if he had a better name, probably wouldn't have fireballed him right away. But Josh? No, that that's a name you fireball. I'll be sure to tell like the several Joshes I work with about that. Tell them watch out. I'll be fine. Fireball. Kato and I have text evidence of you threatening to burn people. I'm sure that'll be fine. There's a lot of evidence of me threatening to burn people. (laughs) But there's also evidence of me threatening to burn people. Exactly. Alright, because I haven't said mine yet. I think, honestly, one of my favorite bits, and this is probably, anyone who's known me for more than five minutes knows I am an emotional puss baby at the best of times. Something mildly sad happens and I cry, especially in D&D. Was um, the needing to take an emotional break after Sun wrote his letters, just in case he didn't make it out. We both needed emotional breaks, because we were crying. <laughs> yeah. Um, for a bit of context, in his arc, just in case he didn't make it out alive, San wrote a letter to Annika, his wife, and enclosed one for Orion to open when he was a bit older and able to read. You know, just in case. And we cry. And the slight bonus one is the one of Caitlin yelling at me via DM about, it's been one session, when I was talking about how cute the Shambles and Tony thing was. <laughs> yes caitlin the non i'm like the most asexual aromantic person on the planet so ideas of like these relationships forming that quickly i'm just there like arrow does not compute blue screen i was like i'm a i remember it now i was like i'm a sucker for a love story and you're like it's been one session (laughs) they've known each other for three minutes (laughs) it's romantic no Thank you to everybody who listened this year. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, too. We're out of here. We're out. Peace. Goodbye. Goodbye.